episode one and two of Abbott Elementary Career Day is over, but we are here to talk about it all on Recap Back. That's right. If you are listening to this on the Abbott A Post Show Recap feed or the Post Show Recaps feed, welcome to Recap Kickback. It's your boy Chappelle, and I'm back again to talk about Abbott Elementary, but in a different place. So you're probably hearing this on your on your feed, but don't adjust your dial. You can come and catch all of our coverage on Recap Kickback moving forward and in these spots until we say no more. But yeah, in case you haven't noticed, we are moving our Abbott Elementary recaps over to Recap Kickback for the time being and with me, per usual, back again for season three, my co-host, my principal, Gia Worthy. Gia, welcome to the kickback. It's it's new, right? You like this? It's new. There's a lot of big changes happening at Abbott Elementary as well as with our new home, the recap recap kickback. I got to listen. This is the first time I said it out loud, so I need to it's like to some time. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of alliteration in there and I will get better. I will. Just like Ava, I will get better. And then slowly decline back to where I was at the beginning because we love characters that don't learn anything, you know, like that's my <laughs> bread and butter. So, however, I was so excited for season three to finally happen. I am very excited with everything that's going on this year, this academic year, I should say. Um, so much so that prior to preseason i know some people do like preseason coverage maybe some interviews mm-hmm. here and there research i did none of that instead i took a a page out of uh harvard campus wi-fi graduate ava uh playbook and purchased a hoodie and bedazzled my name on it to make sure yes. that people knew so it was georgia for those that are not listening to the video version and have like a little bedazzle on the gia part so you know uh ava continues to inspire me even when the season was not officially on the air yet yes ava inspiring us all and leading us back into our season three of abbott elementary coverage here on recap kickback um if you have not subscribed to Recap Kickback, go to recapkickback.com and do just that. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and then make sure you check out the YouTube video so you can take a look at Gia's uh, sweatshirt because now that she has the the Gia bedazzled, very Ava Ava ish, you know, um, it's definitely something that you need to see. So check that out. Come and subscribe on YouTube. Click like on this video and let us know what you were thinking about Abbott Elementary as season three has now kicked off. Now. In the past, G and I have covered Abbott uh, like every other week, you know, uh, because there's a lot of episodes of Abbott Elementary to go around every season. I mean, they, they, we started getting renewed for 22 episode seasons, but recently because of the writer's strike, this season is going to be a little bit shorter. Now, G and I are still going to cover the show uh, bi-weekly or every other week, I guess. And um, this time, we're just getting a little bit later of a start since we're moving things over to the kickback. So we got episodes one and two coming your way right now. And then episode um, three and four will be coming soon. And then from there, every other week, you should be expecting two episodes of Abbott covered in one podcast every other week. So that's how things are happening. That's the housekeeping right now. I want to thank you all for being back, for listening. And I want to just go ahead and let you know that um, moving forward, there are changes at the district as well. Gia, not to jump ahead of everything else, but this is an Emmy Award winning show during the preseason before you bedazzled your hoodie. 
Quinta Brunson went out and won the Emmy for Best Actress in a Comedy Series. And yes. um, look at this. I mean, we love this show, but I'm glad that Abbott is getting his flowers, especially Quinta Brunson, because she deserves it, in my opinion. Yes, I am so glad to see that from, from what I have seen personally, Abbott is getting its recognition, not just with the awards, which of course is very important because it helps hype up the show. It gives it a lot of press. It just gives the excellence that is happening on the show. It's flowers and the cast as well. Um, I wouldn't say they were like unknowns before, but I feel like this was not anybody coming in with like huge names, like someone that went from one huge show that just ended into another show that was just starting. We had like, um, we have a lot of like Titans of like maybe like a decade or so ago. So I'm mm -hmm. really happy to see their careers flourishing with these roles. Also seeing um, a lot of like new actors that may not have necessarily gotten the accolades that they deserved uh, many years ago, getting their shine, but also even in the show itself, I feel like with, uh, I've talked about it before, like my dad and stepmom both work in the school system. Me and my uh, uh, siblings all grew up like in the school system and like different types of schooling systems when we were growing up, but then also comparing it to like the public school system that we grew up in. Um, and it's so nice to see such relatable and funny content that we can hear back and hear people say like, hey, this is, you know, I can relate to this. This is something that I'm really enjoying. And also just the diversity of the show uh, in general. I know this is a, a mockumentary style type of show. So it's going to obviously get compared to some equally famous uh, mockumentary style shows like The Office or Parks and Rec. But probably our two biggest examples, most prominent examples. And while, of course, I love both of those shows, they're very funny. I don't quite relate to those shows as much as I relate to Abbott Elementary as a woman of color being surrounded by other people of color as well. And I think that's something that's very different about this show. So it's just really nice to see it getting their accolades in there, but also like they got money now. Like, yeah, they got, they, got they have money now. Even though, even with like, uh, before the first two episodes air, I heard people talking about just small things like the quality of some of the actresses' wigs are better than it was <laughs> in the first in the first season. Or like, uh, Janine got a new side part. You know, things like that. Like little things where people are like, oh, we can actually we can see the budget going up, but. If you had told me that we were getting some of the cast, like, or the guest appearances that we were getting in these first two episodes alone, and we'll talk about episodes three and four as well, but the first two episodes alone getting um, three Philadelphia Eagles on cameos for this show, like, it just ends across the board just so well done i'm so happy to see abbott continuing to flourish here yes yes gia you said it great um no notes there abbott is giving us exactly what we needed both of us educators in our own right we can relate to this show people of color for for sure can relate to this uh relate to this show 
I think this is just the feel-good show of the century. I really do. I think that anybody who watches this show is going to instantly get addicted to it. And I am so happy to be able to break down all the episodes with you because although Abbott is about the kids and it's about the education and it's about Philadelphia, it's got a little drama involved in Abbott. And uh, Quinta Brunson makes sure that we are fed. This is a, a, a funny show, but also it gets a little messy. And now that we are back for season three, we find out that it starts off with some mess. So five months ago, <laughs> there was some conversations about what happens uh, next at Abbott at Professional Development. Janine Teagues is there. She's saying, hey, I think we should do a career day. Everybody's like, okay, career day. That that might be something. The district hears it. They, they start to listen to it. They say, okay, maybe we do that. Um, before that, that five-month period starts, there's a conversation between Janine and Gregory. Now, you and I, we have been tracking the will they, won't they of Janine mm -hmm. and Gregory for a very long time. And in this episode, Gia, we got a conversation that went a little something like this. Janine is saying, hey, I'm thinking about taking a job with the district. Gregory says, oh, you sure you, sure you want to do that? It's going to be weird if you leave. you know." And there's a moment of hesitation. Well, then we get Ava's footage. And in Ava's footage, we see that Janine actually makes a move at Gregory. She says, remember that time you talked to me about your feelings and we had that moment at the museum? What if we explored that a little bit further? Gia, I was shocked to see that Gregory shot your girl down. What happened here? What is going on? I... When I tell you, I almost did not have a TV at the end of the night because I almost threw <laughs> my remote control at the TV. I, I listen, I knew they were not getting together at the beginning of the season. I knew it. But the way they executed it, Chappelle, I was mad. I was so <laughs> mad. It was so good. It was so good. It's not saying anything to the quality of the show, but it got a reaction of out of me. And it was not a pleasant one. I was I was a different person that night. I cannot lie. Um, so Janine has a little change of heart. I think she always had some feelings for Gregory. And I understand her reasoning for not immediately wanting to pursue it. And also as a uh, newly single girly, I can understand her having a change of heart. You know, like that's not... Uh, you know, that's something that comes with the territory of not being in a relationship. I get it. I get it. But Gregory just like just shutting it all down immediately. Like, oh, but I put a period on it. What do you mean you put a period on that? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um Ava, Ava was like me, like what eating popcorn, watching her security kit. Cause even when, <laughs> even when, uh, the camera crew was not present for all of this, she had that she had the tea, she had the details, which is always great. But mm -hmm. yes. So, um, we had a brief hope of, uh, Janine and Gregory having a little something, something during this premiere episode only to get it immediately shot down. And, I, I, I'm not that surprised because I think it is really in line with Gregory's character as well. He does seem like he's, a, he takes things at face value. Um, I've heard some people, Chappelle, I don't know if you've heard of like the, 
I guess I'll call them fan theories, but people kind of analyzing that Gregory could be like somewhere on the spectrum or someone that like takes things at face value. And I can definitely see that. Um, I think that it's, I actually really like this theory. I think that it's um, like, it's, adds another layer to his character, whether you want to interpret it that way or not. But whether or not you think of it as that way, um, Gregory is someone that just takes things at face value. So when someone says, like, I'm not in a place right now for that, I can see him as somebody that is like, all right, that's done. Let me move on to other things now. Um, But... This is the relationship that we're like, we know it's going to be endgame. We know that like, that's what we're working towards. And it's just so frustrating to know that that's what we're working towards and to have another roadblock in front of it. Like, (laughs) I've been dying to talk to you about this because I knew, I knew that you put your foot through your television screen when that happened. I did. Even I, I was at home like, Gregory, well, what you, what you doing? Um, you know, I feel him though. I feel the idea that she says, I'm not ready to do this. And he says, cool, bet, let's move on. And, you know, it's hard to put a period on your feelings and say, okay, I, that's something that you said you weren't ready to explore. I move, I compartmentalized that and I moved on. Mm-hmm. He ain't yeah. got to wait for her to be ready. However, Gregory stopped playing in our faces. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we've been watching this since season one. We know this is supposed to happen. Give us what we deserve. Um, Throughout this episode, we will learn that maybe Gregory just doesn't have his finger on the pulse of, you know, like, you know, what what women want, you know, maybe uh, he just he he's he he easily hurts people's feelings Mm -hmm. sometimes when he's not thinking along those lines, because like you said, he takes things very literally. Mm-hmm. very much at face value and uh i think when janine said she was cool he said all right let's let's move on and we've yeah. seen him move on before this isn't the first time he's you know diverted from yeah. the janine path over to somebody else yeah and also like you know this is there's a couple months in between like when the museum happened and when this conversation happened so it obviously for us if they're only one episode apart so it feels even though we've been waiting a really long time it feels long like time. a it feels like storyline wise, this was only like maybe a, a few weeks in between, but this has been a couple months. And you know, I am not one to sympathize with men for no reason. But <laughs> I do, I do, uh, I do enjoy the fact that Abbott is uh, subversing a lot of tropes that we get with a lot of these will they, won't they couples. Um, I think Gregory was very open with his feelings in season two more than once. And um, with Janine not being really sure if that's exactly like what she wants from the relationship or if she wants time to just be single since she was with Tyreek, which who we will get to in a bit. I was very <laughs> happy for the Tyreek for the Tariq cameo later on. But um, as someone that was in a relationship for so long that she, you know, wants to have that time for herself. However, I am enjoying the fact that like she said you know, she's not sure. And Gregory responded to that in the affirmative, like, all right, got it. Like, he's not trying to convince her to change her mind or anything, which is a problem we get with another couple 
in this episode in one of our B plots. So I'm happy that we are kind of like taking it seriously and really recognizing like, yes, we love these relationships. We think these couples are very cute. They have their good moments. However, uh, you know, we're not here to like change people's minds about what their boundaries are in a relationship, which people in other stories kind of push sometimes on the idea that they're romantic. So it's really nice to see a show as popular as Abbott Elementary, really push back on that narrative. More and more than one relationship in this, uh, even just in this premiere, honestly. Yeah, big agree. So prior to all of the Janine and Gregory drama, we get the big career day uh, like reveal where this is Janine's big idea. The district is there to see it. And I guess this is another relationship we should be keeping an eye on. There are people from the district who have now come and been very hands-on at Abbott Elementary and like they're they are shadowing the teachers and they're, they're around for the development day. And they've taken a liking to Janine as somebody who could be very useful to the district. Um, but one person in particular seems to stand out. Like his relationship with Janine, I have a big question mark on. We meet Manny. Now, Gia, Manny from the district him and Janine, they seem to have a lot of the same quality. They're in the, the teacher's chat rooms together trying to figure out what, what it is about the kids that they can help with. Um, they seem to read the same books. They have the same interest. This feels professional. But is this man, is he looking at Janine as maybe something more than professional? Because they're locking eyes a lot for me, Gia. And I don't like oh this we're trying to get to the, to the Gregory Janine of it all. Oh my God. No, absolutely. And I feel like this is my fault because I said before <laughs> she gets with Gregory, I want her to have her flings. You know, I want her to have her hoe face that she missed out in her Tyreek era. Um, so I, you know, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> um, if this is the wish that gets me canceled, I understand. I deserve it. However, um, I, I think, I think Manny is feeling Janine a little bit. I don't know what Janine's feelings are about Manny or how we are supposed to take Manny, but that man knew what he was doing with the uh, turtleneck and chain. I'm sorry. Like, it's a signal. I'm sorry. Like, what? He's going to show up in gray sweatpants next? Like, grow up, Manny. We know what you're doing. You're not slick. So, yeah. So, I, I think he's definitely feeling Janine, but they almost – and. Listen, if I was Janine, I would respond in the affirmative. Like, I would have forgotten Gregory. But I am not as good a person as Janine, so that is different, okay? Like, Janine Janine is better than I. I don't know what Janine is feeling right at this moment with the Manny situation, but I'm excited to see it progress. And I think a lot of people are uncertain of what to think of Manny right at this moment, which is fair because we've only seen him have, like, three of the four episodes that we've gotten so far, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and not really a ton either way. And I realized that a lot of people, when they got, um, when they heard about this casting choice for him to be one of the guest stars of this season, um, I forget this actor's name, so I apologize. I haven't Josh Sagara, I believe is his yeah. name. Josh Sagara. Mm -hmm. Josh Sagara, yeah. So I guess, he has been and he's very popular for two shows and they're very different shows 
that people have seen him in um, kind of have cult followings. One is Arrow, where he is like this diabolical villain, and the other two, where he is this very lovable person. So I think people are responding based on which show they have seen, which is very interesting. I've not seen either show yet. I'd love to watch the other two at some point, but yeah, so Manny is uh, a very interesting character. I'm excited to see where they go with him. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think he is feeling Janine here. There's just like no way. He knows what he likes, but they're just like too similar. Is it just me or is this like when two blonde people date each other? <laughs> they date like, each other and then they start looking alike as well. Yeah, yeah then they weird. just, yeah, it's just like, it's all, like, like morally there's nothing wrong with it mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong with them dating each other there's nothing wrong with manny and janine having a thing other than him not being gregory but they're just too alike they're both too happy about the school district you know <laughs> what are you doing so i i don't know if any if that like analogy resonates with anyone but that's just what the vibe that i get from these two in particular Mm -hmm. And I think Jacob also picks up on the vibe because he's the one who goes to Janine and says, so I see Manny looking at you, you mm -hmm. know, he seems to be a fan of Manny, but he's a bigger fan of Gregory, his king, his guy mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm, yes. I'm with Jacob on this one. I'm rooting for Gregory at all, yes. at all costs, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that this Manny guy is here for a good time and not a long time. Uh, but it does feel like at least Janine has somebody at the district that she's able to connect with because mm -hmm. she's going to get offered the Robeson foundation uh like uh what is it fellowship to where she goes and spends half her time at the district and then people are like and she gets to come back and i guess back and forth to abbott elementary while different substitute teachers cover her class and we know that's going to be a source of drama throughout the season because even in episodes one and two um janine is already missing her students you know she's coming back from the district waving to the kids try like really hoping that they react to her like oh my god we haven't seen miss teagues in a while the kids are kind of unbothered gia they don't seem to miss her as much as the you know she misses them some of them wave you know but i think that that's going to be a big source of drama i don't think janine is going to be able to stick out this fellowship for long because the kids are always going to be screaming out for her at least in her mind yeah, I don't know with – I feel like we haven't gotten a ton of the younger kid moments in the this season yet where, um, you know, we've said – we've said from the beginning, the kids are the stars of the show. They're like the mm – -hmm. you know, we, we have the stars, the main cast, but the real shining stars of the show itself are the kids that are a part of this show. Um, and mm -hmm. I feel like – for these first four episodes, the main kid characters have been the older students, so like the like sixth, seventh, eighth graders, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. But we really haven't seen a ton yet of the younger classes. Maybe a couple clips here for Barbara's class, um, but that yeah, the second grade. There's just not much going on with the kids yet in this season. They're just, they're not feeling Janine. They don't see her regularly enough for them to really miss her. She hasn't, she missed out on a lot of that time to really bond with the, um, with those second graders in the same way. And so now they're going through the substitute teachers a lot of the time. So mm -hmm. it'll be, I, I'm sure we'll get a storyline at some point where they talk about it a little more that maybe these students aren't really like having a chance to bond with the subs but it it, propo it 
gives a new challenge to uh, Janine and her class this year because Janine is someone that really wants to get to know her class and be liked by her class, be loved by her classes because these are all a bunch of young students that are looking up to her. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, and while the kids are not seemingly missing Janine at this point, there's somebody else who probably is not missing her that much either, and that's Ava. So if you're new here, this is a pro Ava podcast. We stand. I'm sorry, it's just she's the moment. Uh, and Ava is happy that Janine is moving on because now she has a mole at the district, or at least she thinks she does. She thinks she has somebody on the inside who's going to be able to help her out. And that's great for Ava. Um, also, Janine is a bit annoying to Ava, so this is great. But with the district's new hands-on involvement with Janine in and out of the school, Ava has been ha- like having to keep, um, you know, stay on her ones and twos about everything, really just like being on point about the rules so that, um, you know, she doesn't get in any trouble. And so we also find out that Ava went to Harvard during our break. Gia... She went there. She was legally on the campus within reach of the Wi-Fi of Harvard. She's a whole different person now. She understands how to be a principal for real. Mm-hmm. She got her education connection degree using the Harvard Law School Wi-Fi. Um, mm-hmm. And as she said, during her tenure at Cambridge, and on, it does count. I went to grad school <laughs> in college right next to Harvard Medical School, I will tell you. So I walked through the Harvard Medi- school, Medical School campus. It basically mm-hmm. makes me a doctor. Like, I am basically. expecting my doctorate in the mail every day. I am qualified for this. Um, <laughs> I've even watched some Grey's Anatomy every now and then. So, you know, don't play with me. I will perform surgery right here if I have to. But. Yes, I am so happy. I was very curious when the first promo pictures came out of Ava in her Harvard gear um, Mm -hmm. about what this meant for our principal here. And I think Ava is, you know, I'm very happy that they continued that storyline of Ava getting the credentials that she originally needed to become a principal so this is something that was not like a one-off note we're finally able Mm -hmm. to see it come to fruition but of course it's never that simple with Ava she's going to do it her way and her fashion so of course she's going to take a trip up to the Harvard campus and get her degree that way and I would expect nothing less from her yeah and now she's a stickler for the rules she's like making sure that they shut everything down that's unorthodox first of all She's not even sexually harassing Gregory anymore. She didn't call him F-O-I-E-N-E foin like she normally would, right? Um, she's telling Barbara that she can't have her desk a certain way. She strips uh, cursive from the curriculum, which we've actually seen pretty much nationwide here in the United States. There, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the kids ain't learning cursive anymore. And so Ava is implementing these rules to the point where it is driving the other teachers crazy and they need a plan. And I think that this moment, the Ava plan uh, to change Ava back into her original form is one of my favorite moments in Abbott Elementary history because um, their idea, first of all, is to give Ava some of the things that made her herself, right? Some of the things that she really likes to kind of like make her revert. So the teachers say, all right, let's tempt her with money and scamming, two of her favorite things. They also tempt her with cutting work and going to see Usher. 
I mean, these things should normally stick for Ava, but none of it is working. So timely, by the way, with the Usher concert. Right. Right. Right? They they were really on the nose with this. Obviously a timeless performer. So anytime you pull out Usher, it's going to make sense. And it just happens to hit right around the time of the Super Bowl performance. So kudos to Abbott Elementary. But yeah, they pull out the secret weapon. And it is uh, Jeremy Allen Black, a.k.a. Gregory and the gun show. They tell this man to go lean on the wall and to make sure that he flexes his muscles. (laughs) It shows everybody or shows Ava what she might have forgotten was, you know, her initial, you know, muse here at Abbott Elementary. And Ava has no time for Gregory. She completely dismisses him and he looks hurt at the idea that Ava is no longer head over heels for him. He was upset that they even asked him to do this plan. Like this man was so uncomfortable, but he was even more offended that it didn't work. Okay. And I think this is a running, this is a running theme, not just with Abbott, but just like with workplace ecosystems in general is that you have to have something to complain about, whether it's Mm -hmm. your boss not doing their job or Janine caring a little too much. Um, now they don't have either, and they don't know what to do with themselves here. They actually have a principal now that sticks to the rules, does everything by the book, and now they can't do off-campus lunches. Yeah, they can't. No off- off-campus lunches, no uh, educational feng shui in the classrooms. Ava's almost a completely different person. She hasn't listened to the the city girls in months, or as Barbara calls them, the town women. Um, so now we, we know that this is a dire the circumstance, right? We, we, the town women, yes. So di- desperate times call for desperate measures. They have to lie to Ava to get her to the gym and play a song that will bring Ava back into her old self. Gia, I saw this coming a mile away. The moment they said the city girls wouldn't work, I said, well, obviously they're going to play juvenile here. (laughs) And when I heard the beat drop for Back That Ass Up, I like stood up and fist pumped in the air because what, what era of television is this that we hear Cash Money Records taking over for the 9-9 in the 2000 in the year of our Lord, 2024 on ABC of all networks. You know, I was like, we made it. We finally yeah. did it. Happy Black History this is, Month. <laughs> this is our moment right here, right here. This episode yes. right here. Now, listen, never underestimate the power of a hoe anthem. They cannot say that on ABC. They cannot say <laughs> what it actually is. But we all have at least one. Okay, like we all have at least one and Mm -hmm. uh, back that ass up is a classic. You just like it's one of those songs that you like the very least you got to mouth the words a little or just like Mm -hmm. do a little do a little dance, you know, just a little shimmy just to get it out of your system. You just can't stay still there. And I think uh, Ava, even when she has bettered herself, is always going to be Ava to some degree. And there are just some things that even she can ignore. So yeah, maybe uh, Jeremy Allen Black's arms are not going to do it for her in the same way. And I have a little theory about that as well, which I will share in a moment. But, uh, you know, back that S up, certified way to, you know, loosen up the rules, loosen up the restraints of uh, that has been holding her back. So I, I think this was always going to work, and I, I love it. I love that this was, like, the solution to the big problem of 
this episode, at least for the first part. But I, I'm kind of loving that we haven't gotten too much yet of like uh, Ava hitting on Gregory because, you know, it was funny for the first season. Uh, she had some funny moments in the second one as well related to this. But I think by the third season, it is kind of like, all right, we get it. He's hot. We can all settle mm-hmm. down now. It's uh, it's getting it's bordering. It's been bordering inappropriate. But like now it's like <laughs> right, it's a little too much. But I really do think that, well, you know, Ava did admit at one point that Janine was a friend. She took it back and called it her called her her colleague or her acquaintance. Mm -hmm. But like, I think Ava has does consider Ava a friend, even if she would rather die than actually admit it to Mm -hmm. anybody within 100 feet of the Abbott Elementary premise uh, premises. Uh, however, but I think she is really invested now in the Janine Gregory of it all and like eventually is hoping that they do get back together or they get together for the first time, I should say, and we get get a little more than what is happening here. But, you know, she is one that is she's feeding into the drama about Gregory and Janine. She is excited to see what was wrong. She was looking through all of the security footage. She knew what was happening with them and wanted to know more so like i think she is uh diverging away from the fact that you know the i have a hot subordinate and going more into okay but janine and gregory would actually be really cute together she's on the same page with us finally Mm -hmm. no that's a great point i hadn't even thought about it as far as their friendship goes but yeah it's very clear that ava has warmer feelings for janine than she used to have and maybe because of that She's taking a step back from, you know, interfering as much with by flirting with Gregory. She's trying to give them space to breathe as a will they, won't they couple. Um, because you're right. She was eating popcorn, watching the footage as well. Like she's in for the entire roller coaster, the will they, the won't they and everything in between. And yeah, she doesn't need to be uh, harassing this man at his place of business. Like like you said, we got it in the first season. Cool. In the second season. All right. Three seasons in workplace harassment. We got to step up and say it's not OK. So, yeah, shut that down. And move forward toward, you know, a brighter future for Gregory and Janine, maybe, right? We know it's probably coming, but just not yet. Now, GM, one of the other storylines we've talked about a little bit, we've hinted at, is that uh, love is in the air uh, this season at Abbott Elementary, specifically with uh, with Melissa Schmitty. Uh oh Now, this storyline here. It's, this is tough because Melissa and her vending machine guy, Gary, are going strong seemingly, but they are having a miscommunication about their futures or their thoughts about what could be their future, right? So we know Melissa does not want to get married. She's like, I'm done with that. That's not something I need in my life. And Gary is thinking of making things official throughout this episode. So there are several moments where Melissa goes to Gary and she's very, you know, making sure that she's very clear that I don't want to get married. She openly says, that's not for me. I don't want that. But she also says it would take a freaking miracle for her to ever get married again. Now, Gary, who we see is maybe not picking up on the hints, he takes that and he says, okay, you don't want to get married? Cool. But if a freaking miracle happens, I have to act. And with Janine's career day plan, we get a botanist there that should make Gregory very happy. We get a zoologist there for Janine's class. We get 
Uh, Mr. Johnson, who, of course, should be number one pick for anybody's career day, as you and I both understand. When, when, when Jacob, so I had no idea where we were going with this, with the Jacob, because, you know, he was getting real excited about, mm-hmm. like, very hopeful. I'm like, who could Jacob possibly have asked for that he is, like, so, like, so at the edge of his seat waiting to see who he's getting assigned for career day? And I should have known where it was going with this but of course he got the some may say unconventional pick but always the correct pick for career day yes mr johnson who has done it all seen it all been everywhere he is jacob's pick and he is telling the kids about how he basically has like snuck his way into was it congress at one point or something uh it served three terms they sent the country into war. It was a whole thing. But again, Mr. Johnson should have been everybody's pick. These picks from Janine are going great. But the one that stops the show is her career day option for Melissa Schmitty. Now, it's a marketing professional from the Philadelphia Eagles. And while that might sound kind of boring, Melissa is the perfect person because she wants to hear everything about the Eagles. This woman is so Philly that she she is never going to miss out on a, on a chance for something like this. And the marketing guy realizes that he's not the most entertaining person from the, the Eagles that these kids want to hear from. So he brings in the heavy hitters. We see Jalen Hurst appear on the screen for these kids at Abbott Elementary. And I was so happy for them. I know this was like, this is probably the biggest thing you could do for an elementary school, like school kid in a, in a sports town like Philadelphia. You bring on uh, a Super Bowl contender. You bring on a, a, a star quarterback and several other teammates as well to talk to the kids about anything and they're going to go up for it. So Gia, I was shocked to see this. I don't think I was spoiled. I didn't know it was coming. But when it yeah. happened, I thought, yeah, Quinta did exactly what needed to be done. Oh, I I did not – I'm not a huge sports person, but I did know who Jalen Hurts was. So that, you know, the bear, the bar was in hell and I surpassed it. But <laughs> I think that, like, these little cameos like that shows what a big deal Abbott Elementary has become. Because it's not just that they got a football player to make a cameo on Abbott Elementary. It's the fact that – all of the factors that you said, Philly is a huge sports town, but particularly football. Like, ask, like, ask what happened the last time the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Like, it was a riot. <laughs> it was like, like a literal riot. Um, it was incredible. So, like, this, this is a town that takes football very seriously. Jalen Hurts is obviously someone held in very high regard, especially over there, and. Uh, He's like a very well-known, currently active player. So this was a really great get. And we also had two other um, football players show up as well. So we get more of the uh, more stars in there, more athletes. So I think it just shows the reach that Abbott Elementary is uh, currently having on people. And the fact that they did get Jalen Hurts for this, I thought, you know, he was very, very funny. He knew what he was doing. It was great. Um, I cracked up at when he was responsible for watching a class and he got them to play seven up with him. Like just <laughs> everything about it. I just thought that that was so funny. It was great. And I, it also gave us an opportunity to show like 
people thinking on the end of their feet so that they could have Jalen Hurts in every class as well. So overall, just like a very great use of the cameo. And I'm really glad they got to do something like this for the beginning of season three, especially for how long we had been waiting for that. Yeah, they owed us this. And it was a good moment. It was a great moment for Janine. The district gets to see how resilient she is. They brought her in because she's good on with on her feet as far as ideas and making things happen for these kids. And so her being able to stream Jalen Hurst in every classroom looked great for her. It was a freaking miracle, Gia. And sadly, sadly for Gary, it was the sign that he needed to get Jalen Hurst, none other than Jalen Hurst, to help him with his proposal to Melissa Schmidt. Now, Gia, okay, I heard her say, I don't want to get married. But if I'm Gary, you cannot pass this opportunity up. You have to try, because here it is. She said, I don't want to get married. Yes. She also said it have to take a freaking miracle. Cool. Yeah. She I admits the freaking miracle. So I think... Now, I, I don't I think Gary would have taken this option, even if she didn't say it would take a miracle part. So I because he had mm -hmm. still been hinting at mm -hmm. wanting to propose to her even before she dropped that line about the miracle. <laughs> but I don't think it helped any matters that she said that because it like. So you're telling me there's a chance. It's there's very chance. like, yes, there's uh -huh. an opportunity in there. Um. I think in general, we just need to veer away from the idea of uh, these grand proposals in front of lots of people, especially at someone's place Ooh. of work. Um, so I'm glad that Abbott Elementary took the time to do that, even though I do really like Gary as a character here. Um, but it was it was. I, I got a little cringe from it. It was okay, cringe, because I knew this was probably going to happen. And yeah, it was a miracle. It just was not the miracle that I think he or really anyone was hoping for. And just like a PSA for people in general, if the person in your life that you want to propose to says anything similar to what Melissa said about not wanting to get married at all, Maybe just take that into consideration and also just don't do a public proposal unless your partner really wants that. Unless they are someone that is like, I want a huge proposal where it is in front of a bunch of people and you do all of these things. I think like that's a conversation. Talk about your proposal plans. Okay. It's not yes. unromantic to ask to like actually plan out a proposal together. You know, or mm -hmm. say at least the limits of what you do and do not want. It does not take any romance out of it. It probably will save a lot of awkward conversations or the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, even though this was a very awkward moment, I did laugh when Jalen said, oh, damn, they usually say yes. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing. They usually say yes. I think that there's yeah. a lot of people who would have said yes to just spare this man the embarrassment of getting turned down in front of all the kids and Jalen Hurst. You know, in the entire student body watched this basically. Um, so this is a this is this is a, a learning opportunity, like you said, uh, because I think there's a point in your life where you have to realize that um you should not be proposing to someone who doesn't know they're gonna get proposed to. There, there yeah. is uh, an element of surprise that you can have about maybe when the proposal happens, but the person you have to be very clear before that even happens that that person wants to marry you. 
It should not be a, will they say yes or no? That is all a formality. You should be getting down on your knee knowing that this is the moment. This is the checkout line. Everything prior to this, you that was when you go in and be like, yes or no, try to, you know, the room. Uh, and he had been getting signals throughout that entire episode that the answer was no. So when he took that one little morsel of truth from the freaking miracle, I just knew this was the breakup. You know, like there's no coming back from this. If, if someone tells you it would take a freaking miracle for them to want to marry you, you should start looking at that and saying, okay, if it takes that much of an act of God for this to happen, maybe this person doesn't want to make it happen. And maybe I shouldn't be so invested in this happening with this person. And so we see that afterwards, I think Gary is pretty much done here on Abbott Elementary. Him and Melissa Schmitty talk and very clear that they need to go their separate ways. He wants to get married. She never wants to get married. And they're never, those like two ideas are never going to cross, right? They, they're always going to want those things for their life. And that's okay. So yeah, moving forward, they're going to move forward separately and not together. Gia, we like them together. Are you sad to see we that Gary is potentially gone? So I, I'm sad that this episode ended in a breakup, but I think for storytelling purposes, like Melissa's character does not need to be in a relationship or get married for me to still like the character, right? Mm -hmm. So for them to end because they want different things, because really that's the end of the day. Like even if this proposal hadn't happened, Gary wants to get married. Melissa doesn't want to get married. At some point, they're going to come to a crossroads about that and – um, where, you know, we're going to have, we as the fans are going to have to deal with the fallout of like, yes, these are two characters that wanted different things. And that happens sometimes. I think there's a lot of value into the story that is told about Gary and Melissa's relationship as a whole. I think that it was great to see a show as big as Abbott Elementary making a statement like that, where it's like, hey, like it seems so small, but mm -hmm. hey, if a woman, because particularly women, because I think as a society, we have a long way to go with accepting the fact that maybe not all women want to get married for one reason or, or another, especially somebody that has already been married before. Um, mm -hmm. I think that there was a lot to gain from having this story end with Melissa doesn't want to get married. She is happy being in a relationship and not having marriage be the end goal of that. And no to marriage means no to marriage. It's not something that you can convince anybody of. Likewise, I don't think that, I think they handled Gary character, Gary's character well. Like, did he mess up? Yeah, he probably shouldn't have done this public proposal for somebody that did not want to get married. However, I think they ended this arc with him on a good note. He is someone that wants to get married. He That is a plan for him. And he, this is just not a relationship that was meant to last for him because he wants that goal. And Melissa is someone that does not want that goal. So I like that they did not villainize him while also recognizing that these two just wanted separate things. And I hope that we do get to see some more of Gary, probably less often. We, we really didn't see him that often in the first place, but maybe like a few cameos here and there, like what they did with Tariq in season two sprinkled him mm -hmm. in there every once in a while. So I think something like that is perfect. I would love, you know, he, he didn't lose his job 
with the vending machines. Yeah. So uh, I hope we do get to see him in some little cameos here and there. Maybe we get like a follow up on his story. Maybe he does meet someone that he wants to get married further down the road. So, you know. I think that would be a really interesting thing for him. So, well, I think this is the end. I, I, there's no point to revisit the relationship between Gary and Melissa. But I do think that there is uh, potential for Gary to come back in the future because they did end on, I think, a, for all things, it ended, but it ended on a good note. It was an amicable breakup. They want different things, and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, she tells him that um, he might feel like a, a zero, but he's a Philly 11. And I mean, what what higher compliment can you get during a breakup? So throughout this episode, yeah, yeah, I was like, I felt for him, but at the same time, like, come on, man, you saw this. You had to see this one coming. Uh, so throughout this episode, we get the breakup of Melissa and, and Gary. We get Janine's promotion into this uh, this. Uh, fellowship with the district and she felt like her career day didn't go great Jalen Hurts obviously stole the show and a, a lot of the different careers were not explored but the district really um they really they really I guess um appreciate her ability to improvise right like she's like Wayne Brady you know on whose line uh is it anyway spoiler alert it's Wayne Brady's line it always is and so now they're able to give her this new position. So we also see her and Gregory reconnect. And it's clear that they both miss each other. And he was saying that in the moment where he was, um, I guess in the time that they haven't been talking, he's been giving her her space because he thought that he was the reason she left the school after their conversation where he kind of told her he wasn't into the relationship thing. So they have reconnected as friends. It's been a wild five months, but we're back. Gia, this like the the season is on its way. Uh, the school year is underway, and I think that this is going to be a very fun, short but fun season of Abbott Elementary moving forward because we still got a lot to address, right? We 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 need to figure out what Janine's going to do as far as like with the district, what comes from that. Does she just go back to being our teacher, or does she get maybe a higher role? Is there ever any uh? Gregory and Janine, uh, you know, coupling by the end of this season. Does Melissa find love anywhere else in episodes three and four? I think there might be some hints that maybe she could be looking in other directions, you know. And so we have a lot to talk about, but I'm so happy that you're here to join me again for this journey. This has been fun. Uh, and um, I, of course, welcome you to the recap kickback. You're always welcome, Gia. It's a pleasure having you as a co-host. And I'm really hoping that we're able to keep this going for as long as Abbott Elementary is going. This is what you call job security, Gia. Yes. And we, speaking of job security, Abbott Elementary got renewed for season four. Hey, we back, baby. <laughs> I am so excited about that. I'm excited about recap kickback. See, I'm learning, learning See, how to say did. it. Yep. Mm -hmm. practice makes perfect and i am so excited to see what is happening with the rest of the season it'll be a shorter season but i'm hoping it'll be a great bridge between what really feels like you know there are not many shows right now that have 22 episode seasons like abbott elementary does we are becoming a dying species right now so while this season in particular is shorter I am so excited to see the arc that we get in season three and hopefully as it bridges from what I felt was a 
a beautifully long season two with 22 episodes and uh, bridge the gap for hopefully a 22 episode season four as well. Um, And to see all of the great things in there. And while I am sad that we get a little bit shorter of a season for season three, it has to be said the work from the writer strike, if that assures that, you know, we get uh, as writers, they are paid much more fairly than they previously were and get uh, equitable deals for themselves and their fellow writers. All the more power to them and feel much better watching the show, knowing that all of this great work came in there and the little nods they gave to the writer strike throughout the premiere were also great. Yeah. Um, loving it. Happy for the writers and happy for us and happy for the listeners here at Recap Kickback because now we got Abbott Elementary coverage. So Gia, thanks again. Tell everybody where they can find you and what you've been working on in the meantime because you and I just did some stuff together. As yes, well. so, uh, we yeah, did. Talk about it. Yes. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Classically Gia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. Um, first things first, Survivor 46 is airing. Survivor, as many people know, is my bread and butter, my reality TV, whereas Abbott is my scripted series bread and butter. Um, so I will be doing the recaps for Survivor 46 over on Silent Podcast with my show, I Don't Know About That. And over on Inside Survivor, we just released our draft picks for Survivor 46, but we'll also be doing our weekly roundups with my fr- good friend, uh, Christine Palin. And on I Don't Know About That, to celebrate Black History Month, uh, Chappelle and I competed in our Black Survivor quiz, and I definitely recommend checking it out. It's called I Do Know About That. It was us with uh, Latanya Starks and three former Survivor players. That is Dwight Moore, James Jones, and Katora Tops. It was such a fun time and I won't spoil the winner but like they're not not present on this podcast right now so you know I would definitely recommend checking that out it was a fantastic time and we like a great a great time all around so please do check that out and also just check out everything recap kickback right now like Chappelle's a gem his guests are gems it's just it's all great Thank you so much, Gia. And of course, yes, go to recapkickback.com, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Um, go to the YouTube page and make sure you click like, subscribe, and tell a friend about Recap Kickback because we're going to try to do a little bit of everything here. Recently, I just dropped my first ever one-on-one podcast with Rob way back from 2020 on my Recap Kickback feed. And so you might have heard me talking to Rob about the Enneagram. It's a great listen. It was very uh, fun to talk about, Rob. But some people have been telling me that it was very helpful and they've shared it with their friends and family. So you can do the same thing. Send the YouTube link to whomever you think can find it helpful and make sure you spread the word about Recap Kickback. Um, in the near future, Puya and I will be covering the the end of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We'll be uh, r- rounding out our coverage of that. We talked about the premiere a couple weeks ago. Now it's time to kind of wrap that up. Uh, Mari and I, every week, are counting down our top five of every Black movie slash television genre uh, for the month of February for our Black History Month um, series. And this week we had Tracy J on from the A Who All Gonna Be There podcast to talk about the top five Black romance movies. This week coming up, we'll have Jason Reed on to talk about the top five Black sitcoms of all time. Full alert, 
it's gonna be a long list, y'all. There's a lot of black sitcoms. It's gonna be a lot of fun talking about them with Jason and Mari. So check that out. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Recap Kickback and on all social media platforms. And let me know what else there is that you want us to talk about here on Recap Kickback. For Gia and myself, you ain't gotta go home, but you know the rest. Peace out. Talk to y'all later. Breathing can't fill my chest. Wait on life. I wanna hold my breath. I'ma get in my goddamn self.